This is Carol Foster of 2 Timothy 2.15 Resources, and I am so excited that you're going to join me today as we study God's Word. The response new Messianic believers give when asked why they initially visited a Messianic congregation is, we knew there had to be more. As we study together, we will begin to see that yes, indeed, there has to be more. For additional study aids to assist you in studying along with us, go to our website, sectim.org. So far in our study of the names of God, we have discovered that His name discloses to us His characteristics and attributes. We have seen Him as Elohim, the creator of the universe, the one that created each of us. He knew us in our mother's womb and saw us as we were knit together. He created us for a plan and a purpose. His plan and purpose for us is for good and not evil. We discussed how we need to think about ourselves as God Elohim does. We spent time looking at Psalms 139 and discovered that we are fearfully and wonderfully made and that our Elohim, our Creator, knit us together in our mother's womb, each of us being unique and special in our own way. I want us to read Psalms 139 again to refresh our memory and to keep our study in context. O Lord, you have searched me and known me. You know when I sit down and when I rise up. You understand my thought from afar. You scrutinize my path and my lying down and are intimately acquainted with all my ways. Even before there is a word on my tongue, behold, O Lord, you know it all. You have enclosed me behind and before and laid your hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me. It is too high. I cannot attain to it. Where can I go from your spirit? Or where can I flee from your presence? If I ascend to heaven, you are there. If I make my bed in Sheol, behold, you are there. If I take the wings of the dawn, if I dwell in the remotest part of the sea, even there your hand will lead me and your right hand will lay hold of me. If I say, surely the darkness will overwhelm me, and the light around me will be night, even the darkness is not dark to you, and the night is as bright as the day. Darkness and light are all alike to you. For you formed my inward parts, you wove me in my mother's womb. I will give thanks to you, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Wonderful are your works, and my soul knows it very well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in secret, and skillfully wrought in the depths of the earth. Your eyes have seen my unformed substance, and in your book were all written the days that were ordained for me, when as yet there was not one of them. How precious also are your thoughts to me, O God! How vast is the sum of them! If I should count them, they would outnumber the sand. When I awake, I am still with you. When the world, others, and ourselves tell us something different from what we just read, we can go to our key verse for this study, which is Proverbs 18.10, and abide, be safe, and secure in who he is and what he has told us. Let's read this verse again so that we can be grounded in its truths. Proverbs 18.10 tells us, The name of the Lord is a strong 
tower. The righteous runs into it and is safe. We discovered that it is the name of the Lord that we can run into, and then it is his attributes and characteristics that are identified in his name that is strong, guarded, and impenetrable tower in which we are safe, protected, and lifted high. So, what does this mean exactly? When we are questioning who we are and why we are here, when we question the significance of our being and our lives, when others compare us to the world and its standards, we can remind ourselves of His name, Elohim, our Creator and the Lover of our souls. We can tell ourselves His truth and hide in that truth, knowing that the Creator of the universe is telling us of our worth to Him and be secure in who He has made us to be. He is our truth, not what others or even ourselves might tell us. We have run into the tower of Elohim. We have seen God as El Elyon, the Most High God. There is no one or thing that is higher, more supreme, or more powerful than El Elyon. Everything in the world, everything above and below, is subject to His authority. We discovered that Hasatan, Satan, had to have God, El Elyon's, permission to afflict Job, and that God placed boundaries around Job that Hasatan could not cross. We also discovered that there is nothing that is going on in our lives that El Elyon is not aware of, and he is in control. When we feel that the world is out of control, and that we are spinning in a whirlwind of doubt, confusion, and helplessness, we can again go to our key verse in Proverbs 18.10. The name of the Lord is a strong tower, and the righteous run into it and is safe. God's attributes within the name of El Elyon, the God Most High, tells us that indeed the world is not running out of control, and neither is our lives. When we, the righteous, the believers in Yeshua as their Messiah, know that El Elyon is in control, when we run into that tower of sovereignty, power, and authority, we know that we are safe. There is no one higher or more powerful than El Elyon. He is in control. As the righteous of God, we can hide and keep ourselves under His authority and Lordship. We are safe. In the arms of our El Elyon. When we discovered God as El Shaddai, our all-sufficient one, we looked at the lives of Abraham and Sarah and saw that with El Shaddai, nothing is impossible. God took an old man, 99 years of age, that according to his own words, his body was as if dead, and a woman who was 89 years of age and way beyond her childbearing years, and gave them a son. This son brought forth a nation that was more than the stars in the heaven and the sands on the seashore. Through Abraham and Sarah, the nation of Israel was brought forth. We also found that it was from Abraham's belief, his trust and faith, that El Shaddai, the all-sufficient one, would do what he said he would do. That is why Abraham was declared righteous before God, 
We also found that it is the same faith in which we are found righteous before God, our El Shaddai. I want us to see this for ourselves in the word. Let's read Romans 4, verses 1 through 3. What then shall we say that Abraham, our forefather, according to the flesh, has found? For if Abraham was justified by works, he has something to boast about, but not before God. For what does the scripture say? Abraham believed God, and it was credited to him as righteousness. Another verse that gives us more information is Galatians 3, verses 5 through 9. So then, does he who provides you with the Spirit and works miracles among you do it by the works of the law or by hearing with faith? Even so, Abraham believed God and it was reckoned to him as righteousness. Therefore, be sure that it is those who are of faith who are sons of Abraham. The scripture, foreseeing that God would justify the Gentiles by faith, preached the gospel beforehand to Abraham, saying, All the nations will be blessed in you. So then those who are of faith are blessed with Abraham, the believer. Further on in Galatians, verses 34 through 39, we read, Therefore the law has become our tutor to lead us to Christ so that we may be justified by faith. But now that faith has come, we are no longer under a tutor. For you are all sons of God through faith in Christ Jesus. For all of you who are baptized into Christ have clothed yourselves with Christ. There is neither Jew nor Greek. There is neither slave nor free man. There is neither male nor female. For you are all one in Christ Jesus. And if you belong to Christ, then you are Abraham's descendants, heirs according to promise. One final verse, Hebrews 11, verses 8 through 12. By faith, Abraham, when he was called, obeyed by going out to a place which he was to receive for an inheritance. And he went out not knowing where he was going. By faith he lived as an alien in the land of promise, as in a foreign land, dwelling in tents with Isaac and Jacob, fellow heirs of the same promise, for he was looking for the city which has foundations, whose architect and builder is God. By faith even Sarah herself received the ability to conceive, even beyond the proper time of life since she considered him faithful who had promised. Therefore, there was born even of one man, and him as good as dead at that, as many descendants as the stars of heaven in number, and innumerable as the sand which is by the seashore. It was by Abraham's understanding and believing that El Shaddai would do what he said he would do, that brings about peace in any situation that we might find ourselves. He said that he would be with us. He would never leave us. That he would send the Holy Spirit, the Ruach HaKodesh, to live inside of us, to guide us, direct us, and comfort us, and that where he is, we will be also. He is all we need in 
any situation in life. It is by faith, trust, that we believe his promises. We, like Abraham and Sarah, are becoming the righteousness of God through our faith, our trust in him. When things look impossible, when the world says, no way, when it feels as if the bottom is falling out from under us, and when, like Job, we are told by others to just give up, we can run into the safe, strong tower of El Shaddai, the all-sufficient God, and know that we will not be lacking because He is our sufficiency. Lastly, we discussed how most believers make many decisions regarding their walk with the Lord. But one of the most important decisions that we will ever make is the decision to make Him the Lord of our lives. We trust Him for our salvation, to keep us out of hell, and for our eternity in heaven with Him. But do we trust Him to be the Lord and Master of our here and now lives? Do we really understand what that means? In this session, we are going to take a journey to know Him as Adonai, the Lord and Master of our lives. Do we realize how many people are disappointed with and in their Christianity? It just does not seem to satisfy. So they give themselves to temporal things. But have you ever wondered if it is Christianity that does not satisfy? Or whether it could be that we have never experienced a true relationship and obedience to God and Yeshua? Rabbi Shaul, Paul, tells us in Philippians 1, verses 18 through 21, What then? Only that in every way, whether in pretense or in truth, Christ is proclaimed, and in this I rejoice. Yes, and I will rejoice, for I know that this will turn out for my deliverance through your prayers and the provisions of the Spirit of Jesus Christ, according to my earnest expectation and hope that I will not be put to shame in anything, but that with all boldness Christ will even now, as always, be exalted in my body, whether by life or by death. For to me, to live is Christ, and to die is gain. We asked ourselves the questions, how many individuals do we know today whose earnest hope and expectations is that Messiah shall now, as always, be exalted in my body, whether by life or by death? How many do we know today that live out a life that says to the world, For me to live is Messiah, and to die is gain? We determine that commitment to God ought to be the norm for every believer. But we also ask ourselves the question, If this is the norm... Where does that leave most of the people who profess to be believers? We want to look closer at another of the names of God, and that is of Adonai, our Lord and our Master. We defined Lord as a Master, possessing supreme power and authority. Then we looked at several verses that helped us to clarify how do we make Adonai the Lord and Master of our lives. We looked at what Meshua himself had to say about his being our Adonai, our Lord and Master. We read in both Matthew chapter 7 verses 21 through 23 and in Luke 6 
verses 46 through 49, that there are those that call him Lord and Master, yet don't know him, or do know him and don't follow what he says. Let's read Luke chapter 6, verses 46 through 49, as I think this is where most believers are today. Now, the emphasis is going to be mine. Why do you call me Lord, Lord, and do not do what I say? Everyone who comes to me and hears my words and acts on them, I will show you whom he is like. He is like a man building a house who dug deep and laid a foundation on the rock. And when a flood occurred, the torrent burst against that house and could not shake it because it had been well built. But the one who has heard and has not acted accordingly is like a man who built a house on the ground without any foundation, and the torrent burst against it, and immediately it collapsed, and the ruin of that house was great. We see in this verse that there are those who come to Yeshua, are saved. They hear his words, and then they act on or do what he has said. But there are those who come to Yeshua, they hear his word, but do not act on or do them. So exactly what is it we are to do? Well, let's look at what Yeshua himself said about what is important for us to hear and do. Matthew nineteen seventeen tells us, And he said to him, Why are you asking me about what is good? There is only one who is good. But if you wish to enter into life, keep the commandments. John 14, verse 15 tells us, If you love me, you will keep my commandments. We see in John 14, 21, He who has my commandments and keeps them is the one who loves me, and he who loves me will be loved by my Father, and I will love him and will disclose myself to him. Through our previous word studies, we have defined commandments as God's instructions. Since we know that the New Testament, the Brit Hadashah, had not been written when Yeshua was alive, that he was referring to God's instructions, the Torah. Now the Hebrew word Torah means instructions. Unfortunately, it has been consistently mistranslated as law, thus giving many the idea that Yeshua has done away with them. What we know is that we do not attain salvation through keeping the Torah. It is by accepting Yeshua as our Messiah. There is no other way to salvation. But we do see from the scriptures that obedience to Torah, as far as it concerns and is applicable to us, brings about blessings through obedience. We do not keep Torah for salvation, but because we love Yeshua our Messiah. Now, let's find out what the benefits and or responsibility are ours when we make God Lord and Master of our lives. One passage that I want us to look at is where God is identified as Lord and Master is found in Psalms 41, verses 1 through 13. How blessed is he who considers the helpless. The Lord will deliver him in a day of trouble. The Lord will protect him and keep him alive, and he shall be called blessed upon the earth. 
and do not give him over to the desires of his enemies. The Lord will sustain him upon his sickbed in his illness. You restore me to health. As for me, I said, O Lord, be gracious to me. Heal my soul, for I have sinned against you. My enemies speak evil against me. When will he die and his name perish? And when he comes to see me, he speaks falsehood. His heart gathers wickedness to itself. When he goes outside, he tells it. All who hate me whisper together against me. Against me they devise my hurt, saying, A wicked thing is poured out upon him, that when he lies down, he will not rise up again. Even my close friend, in whom I trusted, who ate my bread, has lifted up his heel against me. But you, O Lord, be gracious to me and raise me up, that I may repay them. By this I know that you are pleased with me, because my enemy does not shout in triumph over me. As for me, you uphold me in my integrity, and you set me in your presence forever. Blessed be the Lord, the God of Israel, from everlasting to everlasting. Amen and Amen. The psalmist had found himself in a difficult position. Sounds a little like Job, doesn't it? But what did the psalmist do? First of all, he repented for the sin that he had committed against Adonai, his Lord and Master. Then he called upon the Lord, the Master, the person possessing supreme powers and authority over his life, and he praised him for what he had done and was going to do. I want to make use another one of our study tools, that is lists. As we read the following passages, I want us to look at what the responsibilities and or benefits are of running into the tower of the name of Adonai, our Lord and Master. This would be a good time for you to use the list skills that was introduced during our last session together. One list might be titled Benefits and one Responsibilities. You can find this worksheet on our website, sectim.org, as a free download. Our first verse, Psalms 8, verses 50 through 51. Remember, O Lord, the reproach of your servants, how I bear in my bosom the reproach of all the many peoples with which your enemies have reproached, O Lord, with which they have reproached the first steps of your anointed. Now, the benefits that the psalmist would receive is that he is asking the Lord that to remember the reproach that he had suffered. God sees us and knows we have gone through and how we have suffered. We also see that the psalmist is the anointed of the Lord. Now, the responsibility of the psalmist is of being the Lord's anointed servant. Is the psalmist acting behaving and being the anointed servant of the Lord? Our next <clears throat> verse, Psalms 141, verses 8 through 10, reads, For my eyes are toward you, O God, the Lord. In you I take refuge. Do not leave me defenseless. Keep me from the jaws of the trap which they have set for me, and from the snares of those who do iniquity. Let the wicked fall into their own nets while I pass by safely. 
Here we see the psalmist has a responsibility that he was to direct his eyes toward God, his Lord, his Adonai, the master of his life. One of the benefits that he was going to receive would be that he would be able to take refuge in God, that God would not leave him defenseless, and that God would keep him from the traps set for him. Another benefit would be that God would keep him from the snares of those who do iniquity, and he would be able to pass safely. In our next session, we'll look more closely at these verses for the benefits and responsibilities that we as believers have. Thank you for joining us today as we delved into the beautiful truths of God's Word to indeed discover that there has to be more. I pray that the Word applied to your daily life will bring a deeper understanding of His love letter written just to you. Let me remind you that we have additional study aids to assist you with our studies together on our website, sectim.org. May this day fill you with the love of God, joy, and shalom. Nothing missing, nothing broken in your life.